Hello, everybody. My name is Daniel Prince, and I am the host of the Once Bitten podcast. This is a podcast focused on Bitcoin. It's my mission to interview as many people as I can around the different aspects of Bitcoin and help people understand exactly what Bitcoin could mean for them and for their families and for their future. I hope you enjoy the show. Thank you so much for listening. Hello, plebs, plebets, and pleblings. Welcome to the Once Bitten Show. I've taken a little rest recently, but I'm back, back in the saddle. And today's guest is Danny Scott from Coin Corner, and we are going to talk about the acquisition of CoinFloor, the pitfalls of that, and the dramas, and everything else in between. Danny was very open, and we got into a lot of interesting discussion. And also talking about what's next for the future of, of Corn Corner. And I still think they should rebrand, but whatever, you know. They've got a lot of things on, as you will learn. Uh, new sponsor to the show, big shout out. I've been uh, trying to warn you, it's coming, Bitcoin Reserve. Uh, I in have interviewed uh, Nick, Nick Oravsky, the CEO. You can go back and find his show and uh, learn a little bit more about them. Uh, but basically, they've got two services across Europe. Their Flash service is the only service in Europe that allows serious beginners and investors to buy Bitcoin over 1,000 euros a day via bank transfer or credit card. And their concierge service is for high net worth individuals. So if you're pilling your boomer friends and they've got over 50 grand to drop into Bitcoin, let's go. This is the place for it. You can use the link bitcoinreserve.com forward slash ref forward slash bitten and that will get you a free 10 euros. The usual shills as well coin corner we've got ceo danny on the show today that's coincorner.com make sure you check the show notes for the link which is going to kick you up with a free 10 pounds or euros they do accept euros so it's for the euro plebs as well as the brits then of course we have swanbitcoin.com forward slash bitten in the us of a gets you a free 10 bucks relay across europe same dca service as swan offer relay.ch forward slash bitten and i know i'd say it every time but you must take control of your keys you can do that with a hardware wallet use the bitbox 02 bitcoin only edition shift crypto.ch forward slash bitten for a five percent discount and if you're looking to buy tickets for the bitcoin 2022 conference in miami 6th to 9th of april 2022 use code bitten at checkout for 10 percent discount here's danny Okay, we have recording in progress. Danny, uh, welcome back to the Once Bitten Show, mate. It's good to see you. Uh, thank you very much, Dan. Nice to be back again. Nice to see you guys. Lauren's been wrecking her brains for a, for a question. So what, I don't know. What did, you, what did you think of? You know, I, I'm stepping back now, you know, like uh, she's, she's been doing this for almost two years. She should have her questions <laughs> prepared. Um, so I got two questions. One isn't about Bitcoin and one is okay so uh my first question is going to be uh what do you like about bitcoin Ooh, um good question um i i like that it can be anything to anybody it doesn't need to be defined um, people can use it and interact in it in any way they wish to mm -hmm. So, and my other question is, wait, can I use his name? Yeah. Okay, yeah, because I was just thinking about it. I was just like, eh. anyway, my second question is, um, have you read Daniel's the Champion of the World? 
<laughs> I haven't. <laughs> What's that about? Um, it's about a boy whose dad is a mechanic and he goes out searching for like pheasants because it's like a sport back in the day. I think it still is, right? Poaching. Poaching, poaching for peasants. Yeah, poaching. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, Danny, uh, long story short, they basically got all the pheasants from the bad guy. And, you know. Nice. I, I will have to read it. I'll get it on my reading list. A, a rolled doll classic, Dan. Nice. <laughs> I feel bad. I've never heard of that now. That's uh, that, that's my my bad. Yeah. I, a random question. I, I applaud it. We, we like those questions out of left field. Yeah, I appreciate it. I, I, I'm quite like and quite enjoy them sort of questions. There are different questions to what I normally get asked. So it's nice. Nice change. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to ask him the, the questions he usually gets asked, no doubt. Yeah, no, no doubt about so are you done now with your, your questioning? Oh, wait, I got another book. I, I got another question. Mm -hmm. Another book or question? <laughs> another book and question. <laughs> okay. Uh, have you read Choose Life? Oh, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm afraid to say no, I haven't. What's that one about? That's my dad's book. He, oh, yeah. <laughs> now I feel terrible. <laughs> And uh, yeah, he he it was about basically uh, traveling the world and how he got into the finance and how and, he... and discovering home, schooling yeah. or world schooling. Yeah, meeting new people. Nice shill, Lauren. I, I that's nice very shill. Good, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh... <laughs> oh, by the way, look what 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 socks am I wearing? Uh, Bitcoin socks. That's from Danny. Danny wears these socks and makes these socks um, and sends them over from, from Coinfloor. Which ones are they? Uh, they're the roller coaster ones. Roller coaster guy today, nice. Dan. Yeah. Nice. They're, they're a rare one as well. They're, they're absolutely sold out now. Um, so there's, there's a very finite amount of them around the world. Daddy, you're lucky you even got a... F oh, wait, was it free? Is it, so I should stop doing the gardening and go into the gym in them? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> Look after them a bit more? Yeah. Scarcity at play. What are you rocking today? Have you got a pair on? I um, My halving socks, actually. The halving ones? Yeah, the halving. The, the brown ones, yeah? The, yeah. Uh, yeah, the, with the mine Is it guy. like when it's like... It's, it's, it's when it's in the mine and it's mining. Yep. Yeah. Gosh, that feels like Minecraft. It does. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I have to get back to my okay. craft education. All right. So okay. goodbye. Bye. Thank you very much, Lauren. Bye-bye. See you. Great. Danny Chang. Danny of the Champion of the World. And she's like. There you I'll go. I'll get my reading list. Two, two good plugs. <laughs> Plug in Roald Dahl and the old man. You've got to love it. <laughs> so, mate, it's, uh, yeah, so much has happened since we last spoke, um, which wasn't even that long ago. Um, because we, the last time we did this, uh, was as you had released your, um, your toy, as you guys were calling it, uh, yeah. your little, um, kind of offline QR code reader. Um, am I doing Hoff this justice? The Hoffline, that's right. Hoffline. Yeah. <laughs> Terrible name still, but. <laughs> <laughs> Which you're, you're still trying to get David Hasselhoff to endorse, I'm sure. But, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh. And so much has gone on since then, uh, you know, whatever price action, we, we don't need to talk about that. But the the what was it like, 
it was a buyout or a merge or an acquisition with with Coinfloor. We're we're all we're all keen to know in the Bitcoin yeah. space. So so yeah, wind back the story. Don't uh, don't leave a stone unturned. It's uh, it sounds like a, an interesting one between you and Obi. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was um, uh, an acquisition. So we acquired uh, Coinfloor's customer base um, and the domain names and, and so on. Um, the team we haven't took any of the team on yet so there's no no hires in there um and the entity that is coinfloor still exists at the minute um because they within uh, their company have some other interests so uh, the the company is there shall we say as an entity uh, in the uk but um only um for reasons outside of cryptocurrency or outside of uh, the the current uh, offering they've previously been ha- been having sorry um I was promising as well everything was muted on my my computer before we started yes. there. things um so um yeah going back i guess uh myself and obi spoke a number of times over the years um obviously both being uh, the sort of uk focused companies been around since um the early days both of us coin floor a year or so just before us um actually i think i, I met uh mark uh, mark lamb was one of the co-founders of coin floor as well met him Back in 2014, I think that was, um, and knew him before uh, before knowing Obi. Um, so we've known the companies, I think, between ourselves for, for quite some time. Um, myself and Obi had a couple of conversations uh, over the last year or two, year or two uh, in terms of mergers, acquisitions, things like you know, it's it's becoming that time period in the industry where we're seeing um, lots of merger and acquisitions happening. Um, so. It would make sense. Um, it'd be silly if if the, the likes of ourselves and other companies in the background are not communicating with each other in terms of uh, potential mergers and potential acquisitions. Um, so we were talking about that um, over the last couple of years, just weighing up each other's options and seeing what works best. Um, Coinfloor, the way it ended up happening, obviously, with um, Coinfloor, they... Uh, as a team, Nobi, they, they, I think they kind of came to the end of, they were going through the FCA registration in the UK and going through that process, which was starting to um, strangle a few companies, as we've seen. Uh, I think there's, it's, it's no secret, I think a lot of the UK uh, entities that have been, I think they started off with, was it 185 or was it more than that, I think, originally? Um, there's about, is it about eight or nine, I think, have been approved. Uh, and they're only down to something like 60 or 70 left. So you can see clearly there's been probably over 100 that have already been rejected or closed or disappeared now uh, and not bothered to go ahead with it. Whether that's because regulatory is too stringent there um, or whether that's because the businesses have decided that's just not the direction they want to go, um, I'm not sure. That's something I guess we'll never know. Um, what we did see, uh, fast bitcoins and Bitabicious, uh to... Bitcoin exchanges from the UK, they've both relocated to the Isle of Man. Uh, we helped them um, relocate and welcomed them here, uh, which was nice. We had some more Bitcoin companies here, which was really nice. Um, even though they're competitors, that's you know, it's not the industry we're in. We're in a, an industry where competitors are generally friendly with each other. Um, so it was nice for them to come across and uh, meet the guys um, properly face to face. You know, you, this is such an internet world, um, an online world that we end up talking to people and I know people over years and years without actually physically meeting them in person. So uh, it was nice for them to come over. Um, so yeah, with that, Coinfloor again, going through the FCA registration, um, seeing a lot of other people jumping ship. I think they got to a point where it was kind of like 
um, the end of the road for them in the respect of they had other projects they wanted to move on to, um, but they wanted to make sure that the the team, uh, sorry, that the customer base was being left with a, a team um, and being passed on to a team that actually had the same visions and the same, um, I won't say end goal, but the same um, vision of, of the direction that they wanted to take the company. Um, so I think our visions aligned very well with CoinFloor. Uh, CoinFloor going Bitcoin only, uh, which I know I'm going to get questions on <laughs> uh, shortly. <laughs> um, they went Bitcoin only uh, about 18 months ago, I think. Yeah. Um, we obviously similar mindset in terms of the team and the direction of the company. Um, I'll explain all the, the altcoin side later on. Um, so our visions aligned very well. Um, morals, ethics, everything's always aligned quite strongly. Um, I think us being around similar. All right. Sorry, listeners, a bit of a weird crash on my end. Uh, so I'll figure out the edit after that. Um, but yeah, go ahead. Uh, we're somewhere where we left off. Uh, if you can, if you can remember. Um, yeah, I think it's just touching on um, customer base coming over. I think um, in terms of we were able, I guess, similar size companies where we were able to, to bring in the customer base in a nice, smooth um, trans, uh, transactional transactional period, um, transitional period, sorry, um, where we was able to cause as little disruption to the customer base as possible, which is something CoinFloor wanted as well. They wanted to make sure the customers came over with um, as little disruption from the end user where they didn't have to do anything and they could just effectively come and log into coin corner and everything's transferred across um so it, it just felt a good fit um for ourselves for coin floor uh, and it was just i guess right time for obi and the guys to move on to, to other projects as well uh, i think obi himself um i'm sure you'll talk to along the way he's off doing um we'll be hopefully doing another bitcoin project um which I spoke briefly about with him uh, which sounds interesting. It's good. Um, so I think his timing is right. And sometimes in um, in life, you you realize that you you kind of have to move on to progress yourself and and what you want to do to progress the um, the world around you and the industry around you. Did you ever feel as though it might go the other way at any point over the last handful of years? Like uh, CoinFloor might come in and, and and you know acquire you guys. Maybe. Um, I think that there's always uh, the conversations we had, there's always options and you have to weigh them up. And I think um, one of the things for me, I'm, I'm driven by disruption, <laughs> um, disrupting the world um, for the better, obviously, uh, not just disrupting it for the sake of disrupting it, um, but disrupting it for the better. And I want to help do that with Bitcoin and whether that be um, from a financial UK perspective, whether that's a global perspective from other countries around the world, um, at what level I'm open to and happy to, but that's the way I, I want to drive things. So for Coin Corner, for me, it's not just about um, generating money and trying to create wealth and that for myself or for the team around us as well. It's, it's quite a big part of a mission a little bit, I guess, um, in terms of getting out there and turning Bitcoin into something that I believe it can become and the way it can disrupt the world. Um, so I am particularly driven in that respect. And I think that's one of the driving forces over the years as to why we've not um, taken venture capital money and external investors that want to direct us in some direction we don't want to go. Um, so that in itself for me has been, you know, if Coinbase come along and say, here are, here's a hundred million, um, 
want to acquire next week, then for the shareholders and everything else, you know, you would have to take a step back and have the consideration and the conversation. Me personally, I would not be interested in that. Just want to crack on. Um, it doesn't really impact what I want to do. Um, so I'd rather just crack on without that. Turn that down. See you later. So, um, no, I'm I'm definitely more in the the sense of um, pushing out there, driving, and being the acquirer rather than being acquired. Uh, is I guess my personal driving force. It was it was so out of left field, man. I did not have any inkling of it because Obi had been on just I don't know six weeks before the announcement, talking about their new app that had taken them God knows how long to like. So finally gets this app over the line. And he said in the interview at the time, don't know why it took him so long. It was the best thing that they'd done at that point. Really wish they'd started it earlier. I guess now looking back, I understand why you wish he'd started it earlier because, uh, you know, this, this was obviously rumbling along in the background as well. Uh, so, yeah, it was, um, it was, a, it was a big surprise, uh, you know, being a, a customer of CoinFloor, uh, it was an easy transition. Uh, it was nice for you to uh, to be on customer support on my uh, DMs with uh, <laughs> with any of the little questions I did have, uh, but it all seemed to work pretty well. Uh, and then obviously in the um, the you're part of the UK Bitcoin Maxi group as well. You, you and Molly were you know trying to appease everybody there that had their questions and their problems. Yep. And then yes, of course the Bitcoin only uh, Maxis started um, rearing up and. Uh, this is something obviously that has picked up steam over the last two to three years really that it's really really got rolling right i mean this this is a a massive thing now to a lot of people um yeah. so and i'm sure they want to know yeah like uh you know what what is the stance on that um we've we've discussed it on both of your episodes before and you're always <laughs> always open to talk about it and the difficulty yep. of taking these things off and and why they were there in the first place but was that investor pressure i can't remember yeah it was a little bit um not uh current investor so it was a potential investor um so we had a potential investor right um this was back in the earlier days, a potential investor coming on and their angle was we just had Bitcoin at the time. And they were saying, obviously, at the time, uh, altcoins were kind of pumping and we had ICOs just beginning and things like that. So we got to this era where they wanted altcoins and other ones on there. And they were like, why have you just got Bitcoin? Why have we not got these other ones? So obviously, we're trying to have that conversation with them as to why. But uh, the market's saying otherwise at the time. Um, so we... We effectively did it as a trial to add them just to prove to the investor that, look, if we want to add other ones and it's feasible and it generates revenue and et cetera, et cetera, then we can do. So we added um, at the time, which were three of the um, sort of top five or top 10, I think they were in, uh, which was Litecoin, Ethereum and XRP. Um, so we did it as a pure trial almost to do that. Customers started buying them. We spent X amount of months continuing through investor talks and eventually we didn't take any investment at that point either anyway. So we, we kind of moved, um, carried on in our own direction. And by that point it was too late. We had the coins on there. Um, they were generating a little bit of revenue. Uh, I, I am always upfront and honest again about the, the volume that comes through from the altcoins it generally makes up um, around 10%, should we say, uh, in terms of trades on the platform. Um, so, you know, it's 10% of our revenue in theory. Um, but the you know, 
me taking the, the company taking the hit on that loss of 10% doesn't bother me. That's not something I'm, I'm bothered about. Um, what we end up, what we end up in the position of is delisting the altcoins is a nightmare. We delisted XRP uh, about a year ago, and we're still dealing with the fallout of that from customers that still hold it, that we're having to contact and get them to withdraw it to a wallet that they own. Um, half of them don't understand what you're talking about. They don't understand um, how to set up a wallet elsewhere and what to do. And especially with XRP, it was being delisted at the time by a number of exchanges from um, the SEC lawsuit that was going on in the US uh, around Ripple. Um, so they couldn't find an exchange that would they could send the ripple that they had with us onto. Um, so it, be, it becomes an, a massive burden uh, and a massive headache on resource time. And we still have it, you know, it's still sat there in our accounts, for example, and we still want to get it off the accounts. We want to get it off um, the customers' balances. We're still, I, I can't remember how many we have still with XRP, um, but there's a small amount still from a year ago, uh, which takes time. So rather than go through that same headache with XRP and uh, sorry with Ethereum and Litecoin, we've kind of just left them and just left alone. Leave them to it, and we want to turn our focus and resource and spend that resource and time on the Bitcoin products that we build and the focus around the Bitcoin infrastructure we have. So I guess at the minute we see that as more beneficial, even though we're not Bitcoin only, and some Bitcoin maxes would like that. Um, everything we build going forwards is is Bitcoin only and Bitcoin focused. Um, it's just that they're sat there in the background and are more headache to remove uh, than they are to just leave there ticking away. We will um, or potentially will we will remove them at some point. It's it's just time, um, and I do I do say that all the time. But we have so many projects going on and so many things in the background that um, it we just don't have the resource and the time uh, available to do that. Um, with the XRP, we were forced into it a little bit uh, due to the SEC stuff. And uh, I know brief conversation with yourself beforehand. I know that was going to be a, a topic today as well after we've seen um, some of the Ethereum comments or some of the SEC from Gary Gensler and um, the ex-chairman was it as well and the conversations they had around uh, security tokens and whether... Um, Basically, they're kind of saying Ethereum's a security, aren't they? Um, yeah, it certainly <laughs> looks that way. <laughs> and any, anything that had an ICO, they're effectively saying is a security. Yeah. Um, would, so, that, yeah. would that count Litecoin too? I, I don't. I think Litecoin's probably going to get away with it because they they didn't have a pre mine, um, from what I remember. They they don't really have a, a central entity in anything. There's there's a um, Oh, what's it called? Uh, not Murphy's Law. There's a, um, a test that Gary Gensler goes to as to check whether your token or your, your coin is a security. Um, and he says that if your token passes any of these, there's about five or six points, then it is a security token. Um, so we'd have to go back and have a look and see if Litecoin ticks any of them boxes. Mm. Uh, that seems to be his approach. He was, for people that are not aware, Gary Gensler, I think I'm pronouncing his name right, Gensler. Mm -hmm. Um, is the SEC chairman in the US. Uh, prior to that, he was a MIT lecturer for a number of years, and he's done some some of his lectures. He's got a course that's, I think, about 20 hours long uh, on YouTube for Bitcoin, blockchain, and altcoins and things around that. Um, so he's, he's very well equipped in this area, and he understands uh, technicals, and he understands the... Um, 
I think the legalities around things and the economical impacts on things, he, he does know what he's talking about. Um, during his MIT lecture, he does say that he believes Ethereum and the likes are security tokens. And now he is SEC chairman. It's going to be interesting to watch how that plays out. Um, so yeah, should it be a security, then it's not going to be ourselves that are delisting it. It's going to be the, the wider industry is going to be delisting Ethereum um, and many other tokens out there and coins out there. Um, Litecoin may get away with it. That's going to be a mess. All right. Yeah. I, uh, I'm I'm seeing it a little bit. We spoke about this internally the other week, and mm-hmm. I kind of feel like it's um, a necessary evil, maybe for some part, where it's a cleanup exercise where we we kind of need that to happen. It will dent the industry and give the industry a bit of a kick, and you know prices may dip and so on. But it's something that potentially is required to get clarification around what these tokens, these coins are. Um, it is only the US clarifying this of course and there's the, the rest of the world to uh, whether they follow suit or whether they come up with their own definitions will be yet to be seen um but i think it, it's needed i think it will be good in the long run um bad in the, in the short term i guess uh, is the way to look at it so uh, pos is now a proof of security yeah <laughs> that's a nice i like that <laughs> I'll steal that for Twitter later. <laughs> you go for it, mate. I've tweeted it already, but you know I don't get as much engagement as you. But uh, yeah, that's, I'll go and that's, retweet yours. <laughs> that's, that, that's the way I see it, right? It's proof of security. You're fucked. Like yeah. that. That you know the 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 game's up pretty much. Um, yeah. So you know, looking at it, and then yes, you're right. You know, it's in the US, and I'm sure the the other countries around the world and governing bodies are going to follow suit. You know, they're just going to jump on that bandwagon straight away. Any reason to try and stifle this great big crypto monster that is, uh, you know, encroaching on their dollars or their pounds or, you know, their euros, uh, they're just going to, you know, hang their, hang their coat on that hook and, and start mm-hmm. using those rules to be implemented in their own jurisdictions. Uh, so yeah, it's, I, I don't know, man, maybe, maybe there's uh, a good opportunity to, to get ahead of that game and uh, like, sending out emails to those eth holders that uh the day of reckoning could yeah. well be coming um switching to bitcoin people yeah. because uh that's yeah what else are you gonna do what else are you gonna do like you you, you want to take them and put them on your wallet and then never be able to sell them again if, uh, you know like like what's your option at that point yeah. I, I don't know is it's, it's going to be an, an interesting like you say you're going to be able to remove it to your own private wallet and hold it, but then you're going to have to find an exchange that's has, has a securities license and lists these tokens that you're talking about. It's not just Ethereum. There's going to be a lot of them. Um, so I think that, as I said before, it, short term, it could be a bloodbath in terms of altcoins and tokens and things like that. But I think from a long-term perspective, um, it's in theory good and cleans things up a little bit, uh, clarifies a lot of things. So businesses can build around these things where you know if you're building for me if you're building on um ethereum and building some sort of a game token whatever you're building on there you know should you really be building on something that where the foundations are um (laughs) centralized in in certain areas and and all sorts of things but also from a regulatory perspective it could get clamped down on and um, throttled and strangled in certain ways that you would not be expecting and predicting um so there's a lot out there's a lot of people out there a lot of businesses that need clarification around this and, and this is maybe just the way it needs to happen 
So um, if, they, if you've got customers that are listening to this now that are, are holding S on Coin Corner, their their option is you know just hold it there and run the risk that maybe the regulations don't change, which we both agree very very likely to take it off and pay the gas fees, which I don't even know what they are at the moment, but uh, you know <laughs> they're not they're not low, and take a huge hit on the amount of um, uh, Ethereum that you're holding mm-hmm. or switch it into Bitcoin for like, what's the commission on that? Like it's, yeah. you can do that click, click on your, on your exchange. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah. <laughs> perhaps perhaps offer, perhaps offer them a little discount, mate. Can't, <laughs> yeah. <the> deal. <laughs> can't, can't give advice, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't personally hold any Ethereum. Um, I have no interest in holding any Ethereum. Um, or building products on or around that. Um, call me a Bitcoin maxi, whatever you want to call me. Um, I also, the Bitcoin maxi point as well, I, I have this, I know uh, Udi um, is on Twitter and he's adamant that he's wanting people to stop being Bitcoin maxis and he's saying they're all toxic and things like that. It's creating, I, I, I don't know if he's ironic and he's doing this on purpose as an ultimate troll. I'm, I'm not sure what his angle is. Um, but he's creating toxicity himself worse than what we would normally see in that respect. And for me, um, if I'm seen as a Bitcoin maxi and, and so on and so on by some people, they're labeling me at that point. And that's toxic in itself by labeling me something that I've not self-labeled myself. So um, why should you guys be labeling me that and differentiating yourselves from me at that point? Um, which in itself for me is, is kind of the toxic um, angle. The way I always approach it with all these other tokens, these coins, I get asked all the time about X, Y, and Z coin. Um, I don't get time these days to go and learn about them all. Um, But over the years, the experience I've got from them and the experience I've seen in the industry about altcoins and ICOs and uh, even DeFi and uh, even NFTs these days, there's always hype. There's always something new. There's always some crazy new product and crazy new thing that everyone jumps on the back of. Um, they, none of them come close in, in my eyes to what Bitcoin is at a higher level, um, in terms of the, um, I can't remember whose quote that was, but the, um, immaculate conception of what Bitcoin is and created, um, that will never be replicated again. It's just not something that you can replicate again in, in this sense. So there's so many around it that are very much centralized and X, Y, and Z, so on, so on. Um, they just don't interest me is the, the short answer. Uh, and I'd like to turn, keep my focus on what does interest me, which is Bitcoin and um, building the infrastructure around Bitcoin rather than being distracted with crypto kitties and um, <laughs> Pepe JPEGs and whatever else it is these days that I keep losing track of. Um, so yeah, Bitcoin Maxi, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, not label me whatever you want, but at the end of the day, I'm just giving... My opinion on what I've seen over the years and the, the, the mistakes and the lessons I've learned along the way, just hoping that other people don't make them same mistakes along the way as well, um, which is why I don't bother with Ethereum and NFTs and, and so on and so on. It's just um, lessons I've learned along the way. Um, don't have to follow me and people rarely do and they go and jump on the next coin. I'm sure they will. And it's, it's a gamble. Uh, some people do well, some people lose. Um, that is, is life, unfortunately. Uh, and, no matter how many times you'll tell people don't run off trying to trade or don't run off trying to buy X, Y, and Z coin, that they, they 
generally do what they want anyway. Um, it's very difficult. They have to make the, the mistakes sometimes themselves to then come to the realization. Um, so I guess in my head, everyone's a Bitcoin maxi, just not there yet. Yeah. I echo those sentiments, mate. I just want people to learn from my mistakes and I've been there and I've done that uh, with, um, yeah, Ethereum, Litecoin and Dash back in the day, getting carried away in the 2017 craziness, yeah. uh, you know, trying to be freaking <clears throat> Superman and flip this out here and trying to track the market. What a waste of time. Like, yeah. you know, I'm here for the money now and there's only, <laughs> yeah. there's only one. Um, there's only, there's only there can be only one and that is bitcoin and we have it and everything else is a copy with a few bells and whistles thrown on top and a great big huge marketing team behind whatever is coming out with it right um so that's the way i see it and that's the way i try and explain it to uh, to other people when like you i get friends asking they're like oh you're always just about bitcoin you never entertain anything else i'm like you, you like go ahead go go and look at all this other stuff if you want spend hours and hours because i did uh, and basically you're buying a tech stock or you can buy into the money of like the, the, the next world reserve currency. If, uh, if you believe it's going to go that far, uh, and you know, what if I'm 1% right about that? <laughs> you can't even like, that's just, just, but still, no, the penny doesn't drop too often. But, um, another thing then, uh, you know, still sticking on the, the merger, the, 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 the move across of, of customers. One other thing that a lot of people liked uh, about CoinFloor was their, their proof of reserves each month. Um, and we've got, when uh, 3rd of Jan coming up, right? Proof of Keys Day. Yeah. Uh, what, what do you guys have in place around that? And um, is that an ethos that was already in place or something that's carried over? Like what's, um, what are your thoughts around all of that? Yep, I, I, I spoke with Obi on this uh, prior to acquisition. Um, and even the months leading up to that, actually, we, we spoke around the proof of reserves. Um, it certainly on the radar, was on the radar, still is on the radar. Uh, we haven't introduced it again. Time, resource, um, just not available. We're building and, and um, moving in all sorts of different directions. Uh, we have regulatory um constraints here there and everywhere still and um obviously always banking <laughs> issues along the way um which is the general life in, in the bitcoin world i think these days um but we're i think we're building so many things at the minute that has just become one of them things we have a, a list i guess of um requests from the coin customers coming across and it is on that list um it's just time and i guess priority as to how we um organize that and how we bring that in I think for, I, I'm completely uh, for the, the, I guess, the transparency side and completely for uh, not your keys, not your coins, and people should be um, self-custodying. Um, I know everybody's not ever going to do that, and that's uh, naive to, to think that, I think. Um, but right now, um, you know, I've, I've touching on what we've just talk, talking about there, about um, making the mistakes, and you learn from your mistakes, and you want others to... Um, learn from your mistakes sometimes after making themselves um i myself um lost i don't know how much it was now but back at uh cripsy i don't know if you remember cripsy back in the day um that was one of the first sort of altcoin uh platforms i guess Shitcoin um, casinos and, yeah basically back in 2012 13 sort of time periods um 
I think 14, I think maybe 2014, I think it could have been when uh, the guy running it, I think it was called Big Vern, uh, if I remember correctly. Big, <laughs> Big Vern. Um, We've come so far. And, <laughs> um, and he, uh, he, I don't know if it was an exit scam or he was hacked or whatever, they just, the, the site shut up, he disappeared. He was in China, I think someone a couple of months later said they'd heard he was in China or somewhere or, or whatever that be. Um, and I had a lot of uh, altcoins at the time on that platform. Um, so they were all gone and, and, you know, again, not your keys, not your coins. Um, so I learned from their mistakes. Obviously I'm running an exchange now, but, um, you know, I do want to encourage our customers to self-custody and look after them, uh, Bitcoin themselves. Um, so I'm all for encouraging that. Um, and that is the way I see it. We, you know, we don't want to hold your Bitcoins and um, keep hold of them. We don't benefit from holding these coins. Um, it's not like a bank where you put your money in the bank, they're using that money to invest in X, Y, and Z. Um, we, we don't do that here and we can't do that. Um, so we're holding them um, effectively free of charge, um, just with a big risk to the company. So, you know, why would the company want to have that burden um, of, of them coins? Um, so yeah, all for self-custody. Um, the proof of reserves uh, will just have to be um, watch this space and we'll, we'll see where we get to with that. Yeah. I can't promise that. De- I can't promise deadlines these days. No, <laughs> the I'm, sure. <laughs> I'm sure mate. Um, yeah, there was one other, one other thing. Yeah. Yes. So the exchange itself, when, when we talk about, uh, what other exchanges might be doing with the Bitcoin, right. Um, whether they're rehypothecating it or, uh, loaning it out to, play these leverage games and whatever else that we've seen people get liquidated massively again the last two days it's yep. just been an absolute bloodbath out there and you know there's a there's a few of us that are always constantly tweeting never use leverage don't margin yourself just buy what you can afford set up the auto buy um smash buy when you can if you get that extra bit of cash and always take control of it um but of course People need to make their own mistakes, and some people believe that they um, are seeing patterns in the uh, in the tea leaves and, and whatever else, mm-hmm. uh, and they get carried away. Um, now, the way I the way I see your exchange, Coin Corner, with um, interacting with it in the last uh, couple of months since the since the merge, um, you know, the auto buy setup that just ticks along. Uh, if I do want to go in and, and buy something, it's it's very untradery if uh, yep. if that if that makes sense you've yep. got like you've got your time window to buy at that price and that's ticking down the whole time it's up to you if you want to stick around and watch it tick away and then see like what the next price is going to be but it's not like this minute to minute thing there's not graphs everywhere there's not order books there are no derivatives there's no options there's none of the bullshit mm-hmm. it's like this is the price you guys can buy at for the next minute and a half whatever it is go ahead and buy at it yeah, uh, which is very obviously something you wanted to implement. Yeah, yeah, we wanted to make it simple. Uh, I think was the key. Um, we started out in 2014 uh, with graphs, tra- uh, order books, everything, um, and with trader focus. Um, at the time, most of our customer base ended up becoming retail audience, and it wasn't traders, so they, it was just complicated for them. Uh, we realized that very quickly, and we scaled it back and, and simplified everything. And made it very, very straightforward. As you're saying there, you just get, <clears throat> excuse me, a set price. Um, so you'll, 
hit the buy page, you'll get a price locked in for, uh, I think it's 15 seconds and you've got 15 seconds to make the purchase. Otherwise the price updates and gives you a new price. Um, we, you know, it's been interesting seeing the CoinFlow customers come over, I think at the minute and some of the questions we've had, we've had a couple that might ask, um, you know, what about slippage and things like that? And it's like, there is no slippage. So you can come and buy, you know, 200,000 pounds through us with that price that we've set there. And you've got access to do that. You don't have to worry about slippage. You're getting that price that you see on the screen. So it's trying to simplify it for a lot of people. Um, I think most people, most people have seemed quite happy with that. I think one of the key features that um, I guess CoinFlow had that that we are looking to introduce. It's one of them on the list. Um, was limit orders, so enabling customers to set the price that they want to um, sell Bitcoin at or buy Bitcoin at. Um, so that is coming. So we are going to introduce that. I think that's actually a very useful feature. It's slightly more advanced than, than most people are used to, but it'll give even the current customer base an opportunity to be able to set their prices uh, in a simple manner as well, not being too complex still. Um, so I think the direction we're moving, I think CoinFloor were seeing very similar before um, the acquisition was they were seeing more of the retail market their, the most of their customers with like the retail audience rather than the trader focused. DCA was becoming a popular thing. The mobile app was becoming more popular. It was becoming more um, bank-esque, shall we call it, where it's not about traders. It's more about the, the general public at this point and for the um, longer term adoption of Bitcoin. So it's all well and good having the trader side, but that's, you know, that's not us. We're not a trader focused platform. We'll introduce certain, like I'm touching on there, the limit orders and things, but um, in a simplified manner. So it makes it easy for the general public to make use of it. That's the majority of our customer base. And that's kind of the direction, I guess, as a business and a company uh, that we're looking to move forward to. Um, it's, I guess the, the trader focus side is this, the speculators, the, um, the traders, the gamblers, not the necessarily the people that are just going to use it day to day, whether they're DCA and whether they're using it as a savings account, whether they're, um, making it to purchase products online. It's like kind of that's the direction I guess we're moving towards um, and trying to make it more of a usable um, asset, currency, whatever you want to call it and declare it. Um, that's the direction we want to take it, I guess. Um, so simple uh, has been our um, strap line, I guess. Yeah, it's good. The, the temptation isn't there for, for people to get messed up and just looking at the numbers the whole time. Uh, I remember the... Uh, uh, the coin floor one it was just numbers and graphs everywhere and it can just get a little bit overwhelming for people or tempting for people so just to have it very very nice nicely laid out and uh, yeah it's just buy or sell if don't don't recommend it but you know if you need to yeah but uh the, and you you've also got the cashback thing built in the sats back feature yep. which is very very cool uh, i've i've had that um Basically, plebs, if, if you're a Coin Corner customer, you can download the widget and that widget, the Coin Corner widget, will alert you if you're on a website that accepts sats back. And then any purchase that you make, the sats back, they just get converted into sats into your Coin Corner account. Is that correct? Yep, that's correct. Yeah. Yep. And you got a shit ton of people on there. Yep. We got over a, a, a thousand, I think it is, 1,200 ish, I think now. Companies, um, I meant, not people. Yeah, yeah. Co companies. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. yeah companies. Um, so yeah, there's, um, some great UK high street ones as well. Um, we, we did have boots until, uh, the recent, <laughs> what recent there? saga. Um, I can't remember the name of them. The, there was another UK company that if tried to come out, tried to bring out the same products. I forgot the name of the company now. Uh, apologies. Uh, the, 
Um, they tried to do cash back for UK customers. Uh, they did a big press release announcement. They pushed it out all over the place. Um, Boots, was, the, the headline was Boots, um, and it made the news. It was in like the Times, I think, and uh, it was at the Express and things like that. So it made like mainstream news. Um, because it made mainstream news, Boots um, kind of took a look at that, and the uh, higher-ups in Boots, I think, flagged it. Uh, said, look, that's not us. We're not associated with any Bitcoin companies, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and they pulled the plug quickly with this company. Okay. The name is eluding me now. Um, and not just Boots, following on, I think, from all the other ones that they mentioned in the press release, they all pulled the plug as well um, oh. for this other company. Look, I guess, fortunate, obviously, we lost Boots. That was a, mm-hmm. a big, big loss for us. Um, we actually, we've been working with Boots for 12 months before that, 12, 18 months before that. Um, never had any problems. Um, I think when we did our press release originally, we actually asked Boots if they could be included in the press release that we did originally. Uh, this is like 18 months ago. Uh, so we got the approval and the, the, everything from them and the other companies we pushed out as well. They saw the company that pushed it out recently. They didn't get approval for any of the merchants. So they just went ahead and did it without their approval, which I think is what triggered it um, really. Um, what we did find though, off the back of that, there's a couple of the merchants there that actually reached out to us um, off the back of that news. And they apparently closed down the other company and then come to us and said, can we be on yours? So that was quite nice. <laughs> that worked in our favor a little bit. Um, so yeah, it's... Uh, Still some very good high street ones. Uh, obviously, Courier's PC World for more the techie side. Um, uh, Ocado, I think it was the sort of um, supermarket sort of style one, I think that is. Um, and a couple of others. There's, there's plenty out there to go and look at now. Uh, so, yeah, there's lots on. Um, lots of uh, money to be got back, particularly coming up to uh, Christmas time, shopping period, everyone buying Christmas presents and so on. Um, I think we've got a couple of people in the office that are trying to, uh, make sure all the Christmas presents they buy, they get sats back on everything. Uh, <laughs> a nice challenge. Yeah, exactly. It, it it drives you away from Amazon. It's changing my um, my shopping habits. Uh, you know, I've been looking around for a few bits and pieces, and I'm thinking, wait a minute, am I going to get sats <laughs> back on this rather than just default to Amazon? But something as well people should know is they can create their own affiliate link. Is that correct? Yes. Yep. Yep. Be an affiliate for Coin Corner. Yeah. So how do they do that, Dan? Like uh, if they want to earn themselves and their, and their friends a little bit of extra cash and some sats? Uh, yep. If you just log, log into your Coin Corner account um, on the website, you can then um, visit the affiliate section. Uh, I think lift, the link for that should be on the left-hand side. Um, from there, you can create your own um, link, which is like a little profile image you can include in there if you want to. Um, and then you'll get a link to give out to your friends um, or even just on social media or wherever you want to push it. And you'll get some, um, the person you refer gets £10 worth of Bitcoin and you get £10 as well. Um, so there's there's both both sides, both parties to benefit from that. Right. So there's no excuse. Go make your links, share them around your friends and family. Let's get as many people peeled as possible. Yep. So you, we've, we, we touched on it a little bit earlier, but I want to talk about it again. The... Um, is it the FSA or the FCA that you guys have to deal with? The FSA. In FSA. The FSA. Yeah. Right. Okay. And the Isle of Man. So how does that differ then to what's going on in the UK? Because like you said, a couple of UK companies have come across, um, uh, Bitsy and uh, Danny Brewster and, uh, and gang at Fast Bitcoins. Yeah. What's, it's not the weather 
attracting them to the Isle of Man. <laughs> I don't think any amount of, I don't think any amount of global warming is going to uh, like, you know bump up the average temperature of the Isle of Man anytime soon. No, uh, it's certainly not. No, I, I think um, so. We've been under under the FSA in the Isle of Man um, under what's called a designated business uh, since 2016. I think that was um, which. It means we have to abide by the AML uh, AML procedures, KYC that um, you've seen everybody out there do now. Um, we've been having to do that since 2016. So we've uh, effectively been doing what the UK are doing at the minute and the UK are moving to with the FCA. We've already been doing that for the last five years. Um, I guess we've done that in a way where we've been able to work with the Alaman government to find what's feasible for them and make them comfortable in how we operate, but also feasible for us as a company to be able to operate and actually grow as a company and not be strangled. I think in the UK, um, some of the companies there and why they're relocated, I think they felt they were getting strangled by certain parts of the the um, registration that they were uh, being pushed onto them. Um, so I think that's one of the big things to why these guys are relocating at the minute. The UK were just asking for far too much than uh, more than what was necessary and more than what was needed, I guess, um, is, is the feedback I've got in the comments. Uh, I think um, Danny at Fast Bitcoins, he's very open about touching on things. He actually touched on this at one of his talks recently. Um, uh, he was saying that, yeah, the UK FCA were asking for every uh, Bitcoin address, every hot wallet, every cold wallet address that you have as a company. Um, to report to them. I don't know how whether that's on a regular basis or whether that's just at the beginning, I'm not sure. Um, so there are certain things that are just, again, it's this, you know, even if it wasn't, forget the privacy issues and all that sort of stuff, but just from an operational logistics perspective from a company, that's a big overhead and headache to have to deal with every day. Like, you know, our hot wallet addresses are changing constantly. Um, do we have to provide them every day that they update and change? We've got to provide the FCA with a new list of these things. So, there's certain things around that where they've just created um, unnecessary overheads for companies that their companies are not geared up, I guess, at the minute as well to, to handle them and to deal with them uh, overheads right now. So obviously the Alan Man, we've been working with them for five years. They've hopefully now created this structure that these new companies can come into and not be strangled and not have too much uh, of a burden of um, AML and compliance uh, on them. So they're able to at least continue to be competitive in the market and in the industry globally, um, but at the same time be compliant with regulations and laws. Um, so yeah, it's not not the weather, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, I think it's uh, a little bit of a, a, a friendlier regulatory framework and environment, I guess. Um, I think the, the access to the government here as well, being a smaller country, we get... Um, Easy access, should I say, um, to any department in the government, quite honestly, uh, which is nice. It's nice to have that relationship there. And do you see the, uh, I mean, that they must be noticing, surely, the the brain drain, for lack of a better word, from London Financial Services coming across the Isle of Man, uh, and especially in this, you know, new and exciting, growing industry. Yeah. I'm, I'm hoping that's going to keep a keep a lid on any regulations that they've put on you guys at the moment or perhaps even unravel them just to try and get more people across is it is that something you're bullish about um yeah i think it's a, a watch this space sort of thing i think for that they yeah definitely they could end up backing themselves into a corner where they lose a lot of the business and the business they do keep 
um, if they're not if they're not careful, they could end up strangling them too much. And the competition from outside of the rest of the world that can still operate in the UK um, is able to mop up the customer base. And the ones they actually have physically there end up being strangled and um, slowly dying over time. Um, they, I think it's an opportunity for other countries like, say, the Isle of Man to create the, the framework here and, and attract more people here. Um, the UK, I'm sure, will eventually come around to the point of like you know they've got to be they've got to meet in the middle somewhere and allow companies new companies as well not just existing companies to actually um flourish and to actually grow and, and drive forwards um without being strangled so i think that's going to be a fine balancing act for them to figure out you know is this too far we've seen the new york bit license was just the perfect example uh, and that was just too far um they saw everybody jump ship and i i, I think there's only only a handful of companies still active in new york i think isn't it um so you know the, the uk does not want a repeat of that we're just going through brexit and all that sort of side um obviously covid's hit uh, it's not a good time for the country as a whole they've got bigger fish to fry other than um i think the bitcoin industry right now um so they've got distractions left right and center um but they are gonna have to make sure they don't lose i guess most of these companies around the uh, companies that are there and a jumping ship to go elsewhere and taking the customers with them as well. They seem to be doing their best at like destructing it, man. It's it's a the the amount of complaints I see on on the Telegram groups and Twitter and mm. had a pleb on recently that are just getting unbanked left and right. Yeah, yeah, we've uh, banking is still uh, it's amazing how banking is still an issue in this industry. Um, they, I mean, <laughs> we've <laughs> we've got banks that. Um, high street banks that are refusing to send customer funds or allow customers to deposit with us to buy Bitcoin. Um, and them same banks are reaching out to us to ask, um, to explore things <laughs> at a higher level. Can't say much more than that, but they want to explore certain features and products that we, we offer, um, which then, you know, it's just, it's ridiculous. And I appreciate the, the you know, one side it's ridiculous. It's the same company. They won't let their customers send money into us, but they want to work with us in some way, which is just crazy um, because it benefits them potentially. Mm -hmm. However, I do have to appreciate that um, they actually, these banks, high street banks, as you know, or the, the big six, seven, however many there is these days, they, um, they have such big staff numbers that they've got departments all over the place, all over the world. We're dealing with a department that has no idea that their customers are being blocked depositing with us. So they're, they're just not linked in any way. So it's, it's a shame it's the same company, but you know we've got one side of their company wanting to explore things and work with us. And then we've got another side not letting them send money to us and calling us a scam as well. Um, saying we have had one recently who told one of the customers, who was a customer of ours, tried to deposit from the, their bank to Coin Corner. Um, and their bank said, uh, no, sorry, they won't let us, won't let them deposit to us because uh, we're, a, I can't really use the word potential scam, or they just said we're a scam, um, which was incredibly um, uh, unprofessional, shall we say, of them. Um, if, if they'd have done their homework, they would be able to tell we're not a scam. Um, I don't know if we're just getting labeled in that, in, in the whole industry as just, it's just a, a catch-all statement almost for any Bitcoin transaction. Um, but yeah, the banks are just all over the place is the, the honest answer. We have another example where um, 
one of our somebody we know so they've tried to deposit with us using the card so their bank card debit card it's their money their bank and it won't let them and rang the bank up said to the bank like they know who it's going to they know us so on so on uh, and the card payment goes through now so the blocked card payments to us that same customer then sent a bank transfer from the same bank to us and it went through fine no issues so we've well i had like letting it go through as a bank transfer but not using your card obviously you can do chargebacks with your card um at a much easier rate whether it's a visa or mastercard or whatever um so you know we're looking at that and thinking actually are they letting the bank transfer go through because they believe that's more legit and there's less um less chance of uh fraud effectively going through less risk of fraud um but they obviously not letting the card go through because somebody can quite easily ring up and do a charge back and get the money back. Um, so potentially they're not being negative in some way to Bitcoin as the industry. They're being um, risk averse for fraud, basically. Um, there's always, the more you dig into these things, it always seems like there's ulterior motives to things around it um, and the banks get the bad name for it. And X, Y, Z, and I'm not trying to defend banks in any way whatsoever there, but um, they they have ulterior motives, I think, a lot of the time. Um, what they are, we may never know because it's just in the background hidden, but uh, there's some examples there of um, what is happening in the background. And huge amounts of incompetence and lack of communication, like you said. Yeah. Uh, and we all know, right, Dunbar's number is a pretty special number. And, you know, one of these banks might employ anywhere hundreds of thousands of people. They have no idea. No. Like, they have no... And when you do get that customer service person on the phone... They have no idea. They're just reading from a script. They have no one to actually talk to about it. That you know, you can't even get them to pass you on to a manager. It's a mess, yeah. a total mess on the customer side, uh, and all because it's been flagged because it's been sent to um, Coin Corner or Coin Floor in the past. You know, there was always people out there having these issues. So I, I don't know, man. London just seems to be intent on shooting itself in the foot. Mm -hmm. Or, like you said, there's some other master plan at play. Uh, yeah. You know, slow this thing down so they can get their CBDC across the line. I, I don't know. Yeah. Like, it, it's, yeah. throw out any kind of idea and let's talk, talk about it to the nth degree and, like, play it out, you know. Yeah, I think you've hit, what we do. you've hit the nail on the head a little bit with the, the you know, they've got 100,000 staff and they're doing X, Y, and Z. And everyone, it, everyone's winging it for the most part and nobody really knows what they're doing and it's like that's life and a lot of people you just wing it you go with it you, you just ride the wave almost um and i think these companies become so big that winging it piece then falls apart and that's where you end up with these um the mechanisms going on within a company that half of the staff are not aware of and it's just it does become um communication issues and communication errors of of what's happening there uh, which is a shame but it's just it's the way life is, I guess, for the most part. And uh, we're trying to operate as best we can in that environment. Um, and yeah, Bitcoin ends up getting the bad name due to incompetence, miscommunication. I don't know what the word is or what the... Yeah, well, there's nothing stopping Bitcoin, so we know that much. Um, yeah. <laughs> and you, you sent me a link the other day, which I think the plebs need to know about, especially those that are UK-based and might be looking for a Bitcoin job. You guys are hiring, right? You, you've got some positions to fill. Yeah, yeah, we've, we are, um, I think we've got five open at the minute. Um, 
we are one thing though we do we don't offer remote work um which might seem crazy and <laughs> um one thing I guess you want we, your, your centralized Bitcoin company. That's, yeah. uh, that's what, yeah. <laughs> everybody in here, <laughs> but there's a good yeah. reason for that. Yes. Uh, yeah. We have like, I guess the way we, the way we see it, the way I see it as well. I think I like the team around us and the, being able to bounce the ideas off each other and being able to surround yourself with good people and surround yourself with Bitcoiners. And that is, it's great if you can work remotely and you can operate the whole company remote, which, you know, you've seen Binance and the likes doing things, but I feel like for us and the way we grow, I think it's nicer and uh, more efficient. Um, and I think we you innovate just for a Christmas in, office party. Aren't better you, way, yeah. <laughs> that's that's yeah. what it is, right? <laughs> I think um, it, it creates better innovation, I find, when you're able to sit around and have conversations. Um, a lot of the things that we've built recently um, around Lightning and, and various things around that, that's come from myself and uh, Zach, who's, who's our tech leader, and a couple of other guys where we sat around and we're just talking and having conversations around things like, well, we're just coming in in the morning and we're making a coffee and we're talking it through. And then ideas come from that and then conversations. So that is what we want to um, attract more of. We want to attract more people to come in and be with us here uh, and help create more of a hub um, for Bitcoiners and um, a nice, I guess, a nice location for people that are like-minded and um, wanting the same things in the world. Um, so yeah, five jobs going still. Uh, I think at what, the minute we've got what hiring, are those roles. Uh, we got a couple of customer support ones, uh, tech um, compliance, which is always a necessary evil. Um, and what's the other ones? Uh, office manager actually, which hilariously, uh, office manager. Obviously, you've got to be here in the office. We've actually had people applying for the office manager <laughs> role that want remote work. <laughs> It's like I don't know how to tell them. <laughs> so, like, what what's cool about this? This isn't like no, I've got to be some kind of front end developer and you know, no C plus plus inside out and Python and all. no, you guys, you, you you're looking for normies can can come in and yep. and do these roles, right? Or like yep. uh, somebody that's done an HR role, an office manager role before. It's not necessarily. Um, a Bitcoiner, and which I'm sure you'll make them into, but Bitcoin plebs out there that, uh, you know, even if the missus has been a, an office manager for the last 10 years, right, let's go. Like, yeah. you know, you, you you can get across there. You work for Coin Corner. I'll sit at home with the kids and uh, <laughs> do a bit of fishing off the dock. There's <laughs> <laughs> plenty of fishing here as well. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly that. We, we've obviously lots of different skill sets, lots of different job roles. Um, There'll be more coming in the new year as well. Um, so yeah, please, um, if you're happy to relocate to the Isle of Man as well, or if you're already here, of course. Now you've um, got to shield the Isle of Man, Danny. Like, yeah, uh, you know, you, now you've got to be the tourist board as well. Yeah. Like, what, <laughs> what, what's going on there? What can people expect? For those people that don't know, it's it's um, it's placed between uh, the Northern Ireland and kind of Liverpool, right? If you're looking yeah. on a map. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah, we can see. So from our office window, we can actually see um, some sat here, just about make the Lake District out today in the UK. Um, so you can see the Lake District pretty much every day. Um, so how far, how, how, how long is that crossing if you wanted to get across to the UK and take a ferry? Uh, on the boat, it's about three and a half hours, um, which is slow when you feel like you can see it out of the window yeah. here. <laughs> There's a slightly faster one that's usually about two and a half to three hours 
Um, the flight is, uh, you can get a flight from here to Liverpool and it's 20 minutes. Um, so they're very short. There used to be one to Blackpool. That was 20 minutes as well, sometimes less. Uh, Manchester's about 25 minutes, 30 minutes. Um, so they're not flights. Are very, this is very Ryanair cool. kind of um, services? or uh, Flybe, EasyJet, or Flybe is shut down actually. EasyJet, um, Loganair, I think is the other one. Uh, and a couple of others, British Airways as well. I think they go into London City still. Um, but yeah, it's it's nice location, nice place to be. Um, great for families and kids. I think the environment here. I didn't grow up here, so um, I speaking from what I've seen and what I've heard um, for the most part for the growing up and the families. So many activities. The community here is incredible. Uh, I think in terms of all the activities that are going on and everything that's happening. Um, there was recently a, um, a football team created here, um, the Alaman FC football team, which historically it was kind of like, because we're a country, we've not been able to go into uh, the UK leagues. I don't know what's happened now of recent, with what the, the changes are, but now the Alaman FC have turned into a um, league, like a, a league level team rather than the country, um, which has allowed them to go into the... Uh, some not Northern Lanks leagues or whatever it is. It's about seven or eight below the Premier League, should we say? So it's quite a bit below, but the plan is obviously to work up uh, and they've just begun that. But that ended up being like a community driven team and it's like owned by the community and things like that. And it's very uh, community driven in that respect. So there's lots of things like that. It's uh, very nice, very safe. Um, no capital gains tax, always a benefit for Bitcoiners. Um, so if you ever sell your Bitcoin, not that you should be doing, um, but then obviously it's 0% capital gains. So there's nothing to pay on that. Um, so we do get quite a lot of Bitcoiners as well, relocating here for that purpose. Uh, I think you've have to have lived here for five years before that becomes applicable. Um, but yeah, it's certainly a, a nice place to come and, and live. Tempting, mate. Tempting. <laughs> could, could, could it could it become a, a bit of a, a citadel? Do you, do, do you think there's there's that option? Oh, I mean, did you, what, what, what's been the hysteria around like COVID? Uh, has that been just follow the lead of uh, the UK or there's been slightly different plans put in place? The mostly follow the UK for the most part. However, uh, we closed our borders. So for the first lockdown, we closed our borders um, pretty much straight away, I think at that point. And we ended up with down to zero cases within about a month or two. Um, about two months we got down to zero cases and after that then we were back to normal life so we lived here normal life um no masks no anything um for the best part of nine or ten months i think it was um and then we opened the borders up again so we we could live here and everything was fine but we just couldn't leave the island or um people couldn't come back to it uh which was great for for the most part as long as you didn't want to leave the island we got to live a normal life which was really really good um, so I guess we were lucky in that respect. Um, <clears throat> as soon as they opened the borders back up again, then the cases started creeping back up again. And we've been in and out of lockdowns, very quick lockdowns. So there were lockdown number two was about four weeks, I think. And the next one was about six weeks. And then that was back in May time. So we've had nothing since then. Um, pretty much back to normal life since then as well. Um, so yeah, over the, it's coming up to two years now since the first lockdown started. Oh, it feels like 20. <laughs> um, I think during that time period, we've only been in under about maybe about three to four months of lockdown. And 
outside of that, it's pretty much been back to normal life. So it's, we've been lucky, I think, um, very lucky. And all the uh, regenerative ag guys are going to want to know what's going on the island with uh, with the beef industry and uh, are you pretty self-sufficient when it comes to that kind of stuff? They, We are, um, surprisingly, yeah. I think that there's... Um... There's quite a few industries here that are quite uh, like the, the meat industry and that side. We've got Manx meat and Manx cheese and all that sort of stuff. So there's there is quite a, a decent industry for that side. Um, the, we are pretty much self-sufficient um, for the most part. We still ship a lot of stuff across, obviously, and that's always continued through the COVID time periods. Uh, but we've never really had any shortages of anything uh, through that time period either. It's been quite OK. Uh, and there's plenty of local products. I think even Tesco here, they have they stock a lot of the local products for example as well so even though it's like tesco and um marks and spencers and things like that are uk companies a lot of the products in there are actually local products as well um so yeah it's it's quite all right it's good all right mate good job you you, you might have some applicants uh lining up <laughs> at the door but uh well depends on um the good rental market for people if they want to come over or the, it's what what's the kind of property looking like is it renting houses for a family or renting apartments for uh you know just a couple um i get there's everything there's the whole variety it is i would say property here is quite expensive um so the rental and the actual purchasing price um not quite as expensive as london should we say um but certainly expensive uh, above average i would say for uk house prices um so yeah maybe uh, standard three bedroom sort of family house might be looking at anywhere from three to four hundred thousand maybe um so depending on where you come from could be a lot could be little yeah exactly yeah absolutely mate all right well what went down at Coinfest? what was uh oh. fill us in how did that go yeah. great <laughs> uh really good actually i really enjoyed it i think the team really enjoyed it it was nice um, we were only there for the Friday and the Saturday, uh, so it was a four-day event in Manchester. Um, we made two days, and it was great just to see everybody. Obviously, with COVID, we've not been back over there for a couple of years. Um, we uh, Prior to that as well, there wasn't really many conferences going on, so we didn't really get out to many conferences. Uh, I think it was, it's was it been about four or five years since I'd been to a conference, so um, it was nice to get there, meet people. As I was saying earlier on, you, we're so used to this online world that we live in, and I know all these people online, but then I've never met them in person. And um, I think it was nice as soon as the, we got there, um, walked into the hotel uh, where the, the conference was. Uh, we'd literally, we just stood there looking around like where to check in and things like that. And uh, two guys come running over and started fist bumping us and saying hi and stuff like that. So it was, um, it was nice, like straight away. One of the things was always, uh, what's your Twitter handle? Because we don't know who you are. Um, so it was like, no offense, but it was just kind of trying to, um, know who these people were as soon as they say the Twitter handle it's like hi okay hi how are you doing and you, you know them um, but a lot of people have like pseudonames don't they on, on Twitter so it's uh, it's difficult to spot them um, but yeah it was a great great couple of days while we were there there was uh, some good talks some interesting talks um, Danny Brewster's uh, we touched on earlier on from Fast Bitcoins he did a, an interesting one on um, uh, shit coins basically uh, the short of it um, it was kind of meant to be an attacking Bitcoin angle, but in a... Uh, Did, didn't he name it, why, why why Bitcoin shit or something like that? <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> Just to pull he, in all the Bitcoin, yep. all, the, all the Bitcoin haters. Yeah, he got a uh, he got a little bit of stick for that first, and then people realized he was, <laughs> he was sarcastic in it. Um, 
and it was very good actually he just give a bit of a background on um who he is where he's come through the industry and then uh coming to the Isle of Man and then um his angle of, his angle of um where he is and where his direction for himself and the company are going um and then that was like a very brief uh 20 minute sort of conversation and then he opened up the floor and basically said right show me your shitcoin, your projects, your thing. And then it was a conversation off the back of that. Um, so it was, it was interesting. It was good to see there's people in the crowd at first, nobody put the hand up and say anything, but eventually people uh, started putting the hand up and asking certain questions and certain projects. Um, so yeah, it was good fun. Um, got to talk to um, quite a few people. Ben Ark was, was one we spoke to um, who's been out doing the, uh, probably seen him on Twitter knocking around with the point of sale devices, lightning point of sale devices um, and the LN URL stuff, um, which he was over in El Salvador a couple of weeks back. And he was trying to encourage people to use these offline um, point of sale devices for merchants and things. Uh, so he got to bounce some ideas off him and have conversations with him around that product and some of our products. Um, so that was really good. Um, yeah, and it was just nice. I think I did a, a quick talk there um, as well. And I think I finished the talk at 12 o'clock-ish, I think it was. And then from 12 o'clock till I think six o'clock, by the time we, we left, it was just, it was like just conversation about everything. It was like person after person after person, which was was really good. My throat and voice had gone by the time we got six o'clock, um, which is <laughs> a good sign, I guess. Um, and it was just nice to see everybody's interest and enthusiasm around the industry around the products we was we was working on and releasing um i think that was that was a very nice uh thing i think for myself and for the team to see and hopefully for the um people other people that were at the conference there that was some of them were our customers and some of them just uh, know from twitter and, and that side it was nice to have that uh communication layer and be able to actually talk to people in person and have real conversations um which was was good Nice. Any crazy pleb side parties that uh, you know what what's, what 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 goes down in Manchester stays stays in Manchester. <laughs> Honestly, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm <laughs> I'm um, less of a less of a drinker, um, more of a early night sort of guy. Um, so we didn't really make any parties. We we missed the there was a pre party I think uh, the night before we got there, so we missed that anyway. Um, there was other people that turned up a little worse for wear uh the the saturday i think that was uh and the sunday especially uh no sorry it was the saturday they were already worse for wear on the, the friday and then on the saturday there was getting worse and worse i think along the way uh, as nights went on um so i think they had a good time at some of the after parties uh, which was good <laughs> so then you followed up with because I, I was following you you guys were keeping us up to date on twitter and like uh your, your little presentation and taking questions and stuff tweeting about all that then you did your little video with your wristband mm -hmm. so yep. what's this um it's the future <laughs> um it sold me <laughs> uh so what we played around with this is going back to what i was saying before we was having myself and zach having a conversation in the morning making a coffee and talking and bouncing ideas of each other um um, we'd seen a couple of people play around with it. Um, ben Ark and a couple of others have played around with LNURL. So LNURL is a, uh, a spec um, or a standard that somebody's tried to create. And these guys have created that. And it's uh, some rules that we will, the industry follow um, in terms of how to interact with Lightning and make Lightning capable products that were, weren't capable on 
lightning as a core. Um, so you've kind of got, you've got Bitcoin as your base layer, you've got lightning as your layer two, and then you've got LN URL, which is kind of, kind of wrapped around lightning in, in some sort of spec, should we call it. Um, and then we've also got something called lightning addresses, which was uh, also built as part of that or alongside that, um, which allows, so lightning address, um, so there's a lot of things here. So I'm going to be throwing all sorts of things at you. Pull me up if you, you're struggling to keep sure. up with what I'm talking about. Um, so the lightning address is turning a lightning invoice effectively into a, what looks like an email address is the easiest way to call it. So I've got like Danny at coincorner.io and you can put that into pretty much any lightning wallet out there and make a payment to that email address, should we call it again? Um, that is taking away the complexity of having these big long strings of invoices and Bitcoin addresses and so on. Um, convenience, I guess, is the way to look at it. It's creating convenience for customers. If I needed to pay yourself, um, you could have Prince at coincorner.io and that'll go, I can make a payment to you, lightning payment, and it goes straight into your CoinCorner balance. Um, it's as easy as sending and it's easier than sending an email. Um, so we've introduced that for all of our new customers. Uh, sorry, all of our customers. Um, so all of our customers now can get their own handle, which can be, as you say there, damprince at coincorner.io, and you can then receive payments into that via Lightning um, from anybody in the world. Um, we then, I'll come on to the custodial and non-custodian side of things in a minute, but then we looked at introducing how we could use LNURL in more of a real-world environment. So we were down at the shop, um, and I was paying with my contactless visa debit card, uh, paid at the shop and started talking to Zach and saying, you know, why don't we, why don't we build this for lightning? Um, lightning's great. You can go, we've got merchants here in the Isle of Man already that accepts Bitcoin, accept lightning payments. Um, but you've got to get your phone out, scan the QR code and, and so on. And it's not as convenient as tapping your, your visa debit card. Um, so I said, why don't we recreate that in some way? So we started bouncing the ideas around and using LNURL and what we able to come up with was an nfc um tag or an nfc wristband. Right. nfc yes let's, let's not brush <laughs> over that because people might be thinking what the hell is nfc yeah it's not an nft it's nfc right. <laughs> the amount of people i said i maybe it's my accent or something but the amount of people at the conference i said about nfc and they thought i was talking about nfts and then I, they eventually had to get get the explanation out and get them to understand um so nfc is near field communication technology so it's the idea with your visa debit card that you go and tap every day at the contactless it's contactless payments effectively or contactless technology um it's incredible how it actually works it's um it as you so your device of say it's a card or we've got wristbands we've got stickers and all sorts of things i've got this, this nfc built in uh, as you move the device your nfc tag device to a electronic device so the point of sale device or somebody's mobile phone the other device has to be nfc capable as well but that then um wirelessly powers your offline device to allow it to push out the message and it has like just one message that it effectively just pushes out constantly so it'll just push that message out to the device that needs to receive it so it's effectively powered wirelessly during the time you hold your debit card over the point of sale device it powers your card in, in a in a way um so it's, it's incredibly clever technology it's um been around for quite a few years uh, it is becoming more popular. Contactless cards and things like that is becoming very popular in the UK. Um, so we wanted to 
recreate the convenience and the popularity of that with Bitcoin and Lightning payments. So we have, we'll stick to a card. I've got a couple of things here. Not People won't be able to see these, but I'm just showing Dan on the camera. Um, just looks like I'll, a watch, right? Yeah. So we've got the, the wristband. Um, mm -hmm. We've got the stickers, um, which is just a little sticker. So it does the same thing. And we've got cards as well, which we're playing around with. Um, so if we use the card example, they're all the same, do the same thing, um, but you can just have them on different devices. Um, and the idea is this has your um, LN URL information. So I can go into one of our uh, point of sale device. It's one of our companies on the Alaman that accepts Bitcoin, has our point of sale device. So our point of sale device is, or app, sorry, uh, is on Android and iOS. And you can, our merchants then have the NFC capabilities. So I can walk in, tap my card on their phone or whatever device they're using for our app. And that will make the payment via lightning from my offline card directly to them into their coin corner balance. And that can be flipped to GBP or if they want to hold Bitcoin, hopefully preferably um, they can hold the Bitcoin. What in the, the easiest sense at a high level is it's kind of recreated the visa, the MasterCard networks um, with lightning payments on an infrastructure that's permissionless, global, decentralized, um, cheaper than Visa and MasterCard. Um, it's allowing, you know, Visa, you have to be, have permission to get the point of sale devices. You have permission to get onto the Visa card schemes and so on and so on. This enables people to build and innovate on top of Lightning with the same infrastructure, the same mechanisms as what they used to in the real world, but in a better system, effectively. Instantly settled, obviously, is another massive key point. So when you make a payment on Visa, you walk into a shop, you pay with your contactless card. You think that's the transaction is done and complete. From behind the scenes there, the merchant doesn't receive that money from you until you know sometimes seven to 10 working days. Um, we see this ourselves. We don't receive our Visa payments in from customers until seven to 10 working days. Um, so we don't have that money. So cash flow becomes an issue a lot of the time for businesses. With Lightning, that transaction, as soon as you tap it, it's instantly settled within a couple of seconds, if that, um, at which point that's in the merchant's account. They have that money. It's there available to use for whatever purpose they need. Um, so the system itself is a better, more open, global, interoperable, however, whatever terms you would like to throw in there. Uh, than the current world system we have today, the Visa, MasterCards, and the likes. Um, so it's incredibly early days still um, in what this is, but it's uh, also incredibly powerful. And I think this is certainly the way um, the convenience side becomes more usable for people using Lightning. It's the way to gain, I guess, mass adoption for the most part in terms of making it a payment rail. Uh, one thing we... We'll be introducing what you can do is if you've got GBP in your coin corner balance, you'll be able to tap pay with Lightning at point of sale. It will buy Bitcoin effectively for you, make the payment via Lightning on Bitcoin, and then the merchant can receive the Bitcoin or they can flip it to whatever currency they are in their country. Um, so it becomes a payment rail, not just um, for Bitcoin, but for um, fiat currencies as well all around the world. Um, so the future, <laughs> in short, <laughs> so that, that, that card, let's say I, that card is linked to my coin corner account. Yep. Right. Okay. Um, 
it's not like I've had to preload the card with anything at all. It's just directly linked. Right. Okay. That makes sense. Because that's what I was struggling with watching your video. I couldn't figure out how, how did you preload the wristband? Like, you know, that that was a, yeah. a, a missing part of the, the piece of the puzzle for me. But now I get it. Right. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm a Coin Corner account holder. I've got my uh, LN, uh, LN URL address, uh, Dan Prince at coincorner.io, whatever, yeah. which I keep. Like you say, I could keep a couple of hundred pounds in there if I wanted. Yep. Um, why would you do that? You just exchange it to Bitcoin, surely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh, and so I'd keep I'd keep a balance of Bitcoin on the exchange, right? So, yep. what we said earlier, everybody, yes, of course, I know, not your keys, not your coins, but now we're into a new realm here. Um, please, if you've got like ten grand's worth on there, take nine and a half grand off and just keep five hundred quid on it. Yep. Uh, because this is going to be the next service that's coming out. So we get these cards shipped out to all of your customers and I can go and use those in merchants that accept uh, Lightning. Yep. That ha they have to have your point of sale downloaded nope. or, or it could be it's a wallet it could, of Satoshi, yeah. could be anything. Yep. As long as the uh, Lightning wallet has NFC capabilities, which um, a lot of them do. The point of sale ones, again, early days, there's not many in the UK that are mm -hmm. point of sale capable at the minute. But if you look in El Salvador, for example, um, most of them are run, I think, by Open Node uh, and that interaction. And most of them devices already have NFC capabilities, I think. Um, so it'll be on whether Open Node, I'm not 100% sure if they have the LNURL capabilities at the minute, Open Node. But as soon as they turn them on, which is, is not a lot of work, they can do that, then these can become very useful. You could walk around El Salvador with this card and be able to pay it everywhere you go to. Um, and that's again the interoperable piece of it where it can be this card tied to your coin corner account spending your gbp and you're just spending that um at mcdonald's in el salvador or starbucks in el salvador and it's auto transacting over the lightning network payments being made instantly settled to that merchant in uh, el salvador and they're instantly flipping that to us dollar or whether they're holding bitcoin is is different question um but again all instantly settled all instantly complete um, it's quite a powerful thing going forwards. We've, mm. you've got things more control over. So these cards, for example, they're, they're actually very easy to set up once we've got the mechanisms in place. Um, it takes you know, 10 or 15 seconds to set one of these things up. Um, it's not complicated. So that in itself means that if you ever lost your card, you could have it on the sticker. So we've got these stickers as well. Mm -hmm. uh, it doesn't have to be a card. It could be a, um, key ring it can be anything you want uh, if you lose them you can from our app kill kill the card effectively and then you could if you've got a bunch of these stickers you could have 10 of them at home you could actually then just pull another one out use your phone to set it back up and set it back up with your coin corner account and it's just tap it onto your phone and, and just have the sticker on your phone right and you can then go again and you've now got a new one set up um so there's there's a lot of flexibility where you can just kill the cards wipe them we've got Certain things come in where, for example, you might have children and you want them to have one of these cards and you can control the, the lightning payments on there and so on. And you could then distribute these to um, your kids and they'd be able to go and spend with these things, um, pulling from their or your balance, should we call it, um, and you have full flexibility over it. Um, there's things like, there's, there's so much we can build on top of this, which is what we're exploring at the minute. We've got things like you've, um, one, th one of the ones I've not really released to the public yet um, 
is a video where we have this card. I'm online shopping on my phone and on my phone, I'm on a website and go to the checkout of the website. The website accepts uh, Bitcoin lightning payments and I can then just tap the card on my phone and make the payment to the website from that, which then <laughs> means cool. where I don't have to type in any credit card details and yep. information. I don't have to um, have a Bitcoin lightning wallet on the phone or any, anything on that device at all. So it can be completely, the security side of that is, is further improved. Um, and I can even embed. So in, in lightning invoices, you can embed small parts of data. Mm -hmm. um, so I could actually embed my delivery address on this particular card. So when I come to check out at a website, I don't even have to enter any details. I just check out, click pay with lightning. I tap the card on the phone and the payment's done pretty much instantly. And they've now got payment and my delivery address there for them, um, ready to go. So you'd have to store the delivery address anywhere on databases, systems, or anything like that. Uh, it can all be over the Lightning Network. So there's so many things we can start to build. And is um, that because the phone is NFC enabled or the, the website uh, shopping chart thing is NFC enabled? Like, how does that? The So that at the minute is... Um, we're just trialing that on a couple of our merchants at the minute. So the phone is NFC enabled. I think pretty much every phone these days mm -hmm. has NFC. So the, the capabilities there. Um, the website um, we built into our merchant gateway. So some of our merchants can now accept that payment as we're trialing this out. Um, so eventually once other, gate, other payment gateways out there, the Bitcoin ones uh, start to enable Lightning, hopefully, uh, eventually most of them. Um, and then they can start to add the NFC piece in there as well for LN URL stuff. And then, then you'd be able to effectively go and pay on, if it's like BitPay, for example, you know, they've got thousands of merchants. Uh, they should, in theory, they can enable that tomorrow and we could start using the same thing. Um, would it work like um, a bit like Revolut? They have a virtual card, right? In your app, would it work um, like an NFC enabled virtual card within the app? So you didn't even like need the the, 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 the hardware of the, the card or the sticker? Yeah. Uh, yeah, in theory, can do. Yeah, um, I think the 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 piece. Um, so there's there's pros and cons to all different angles to it. So yeah, completely that could work. Um, I guess the other benefit is you don't have to store anything on your phone, so mm. you can shop away on your phone and not need to worry about security. And then you just tap your offline device to actually make the payment and pass your delivery details across and so on. Um, so there's pros that maybe that's a little bit more inconvenient than if it's saved and you jump in between the apps um, but at the same time then you'd have to save details on your phone uh, and you can almost pay that to any device as well and doesn't need to be on your device it's um, not good if your phone's crapped out either right and if you've got that offline no. like thing in your pocket you're, you're good to go yeah yeah uh, no internet again el salvador poor internet connectivity in certain areas uh, this starts to become um, more beneficial to people uh, so i think it's what i touched on earlier on in terms of I'm driven by disruption and trying to make the, the disrupt the world for the, for the better. Um, this for me is, is part of how we do it. And we, you know, our primary audience audience is the UK, but the world is bigger than the UK and the world's bigger than the U S and we've got countries all around the world that don't have easy internet access and things like that where, and don't have their own currencies and don't have, even have a central bank and things like, you know, these are the countries that maybe will benefit most from this at the minute. Mm -hmm. um, that's where I would like to, to drive some of our attention towards and help, help them people, help them countries. Man, that's, that's, it's awesome. 
Now I'm just wondering as well for like the plebs that are listening to this uh, across the UK, if, if they had one of these cards and they walked into PC World and they paid for a new computer with that card, Lightning, instant settled, do they then get sets back as well? For the <laughs> At the minute, no, <laughs> but we can work on that. <laughs> that would be that would be the dream. <laughs> That'd be the ultimate, wouldn't it? Yeah, because um, and, and the merchant would you you could sell the merchant on that quite easily because you're saving. What what's the rate at the moment that they're paying Visa two and a half three percent? Yep. So if they gave up one percent back to the customer, yep, definitely. Um, I, it's just conversations to have with the merchants. Um, hopefully they'll all start to accept that and adopt it in time anyway but um yeah i think it's like we saw with the boots one earlier on there's um so many barriers to the entry of these things and it's just it's slow moving any new technology is always slow moving and it's not necessarily because these companies don't want bitcoin or don't want to adopt it it's generally because they are just um they're big slow companies and entities and they take time to bring these uh, new integrations, these new in in innovations and developments into their systems and their, their business. Um, and that just takes time. And that's what we have to accept. It takes time. And we have to accept that we have to educate them on it and find new convenient, better ways for them to run their business um, effectively, which is, is what we're working on with this. Um, so yeah, hopefully these cards, I keep flashing up this card to yeah. <laughs> for people listening um so hopefully these cards can can help direct that direction i guess and, and move us in that direction and show the convenience and the um how people are used to operating in, in a, especially in the uk in the real world um, and how this can then become more beneficial um so yeah it's definitely the, the wristband video is just one of of many that's come um and that's already piqued the interest of uh, a lot of companies around the world at the minute um which is good it's very very interesting to see mate um, i want nfc enabled socks that's that was yes that's what's <laughs> going on that. <laughs> i like that, that uh, yeah. uh, uh, it'd be a bit inconvenient to hook your leg up to, to a point of, <laughs> of sale machine point of sale machine but uh yeah, yeah there's some good upset probably built into that somehow right you know i like that <laughs> no, no one's someone might lift your wallet but they're not gonna they're not gonna yank your socks off your feet because they no. you, they know that you're making payments with it that's clever <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll get a prototype of that even if it's just a prototype <laughs> it's uh, oh, so this is what do you feel this as well like the lightning network obviously you guys are a bitcoin company you've been bitcoin bitcoin main chain bitcoin block uh, base layer whatever like let's get as many people buying bitcoin as possible but now mm -hmm. do you feel yourself kind of like morphing into base layer is done we've had 13 years of that every 10 minutes we know it is solid let's build the next thing out and now you feel as though you're kind of morphing into like a a, a, a lightning company over the next two or three years that i th i think i yeah i think i, I... I agree with that. I think in, in some respects, I think um, the base layer of Bitcoin is um, reaching, I guess it's, it's ossification um, period where we, we effectively, the improvements to it are no longer significant and they end up becoming small tweaks. It will always be continued to be improved, but it'll be small tweaks along the way. Um, I think there's still a couple of changes that we're waiting on um, related to tap roots and all signatures and, and that side where we will start to see um, beyond that, the layer twos, layer threes will be able to be built 
with the capabilities that are required and needed to build these things um, without having to touch and, and really adjust the base layer. Um, so I think we're definitely uh, creeping into that era and that time time period now. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, so I think, yeah, our focus, particularly uh, Coin Corner and, and where we're looking to drive that is layer twos. Um, Lightning Network is the focus at the minute for us and trying to find, I guess, new ways making use of um, the Lightning Network in real world environment and real world use cases that we're used to every day. Um, the NFC contactless payments being one. Um, we've got a number of others coming out soon as well, uh, which again will all be what people are used to in the real world and how they interact. But we're introducing it from the lightning perspective, which starts to improve it in various ways. Like we're talking about the instantly settled and, and so on. Um, so yeah, I think we are edging towards creating I guess, financial services on Lightning, um, where these financial services are what people are used to in everyday life at the minute. Um, we've one example, one, um, so Bitcoin backed loans, we've uh, have them coming uh, as with a lot of things, as I touched on earlier, we've got too many products, too little time, uh, too little resource. Um, but Bitcoin backed loans, for example, so we were looking at um, offering them, we've, we've got licenses now available to do that so we're moving forwards with that um but one of the things for example with the the lightning nfc card if this becomes more mainstream and, and capable to go and use and spend people might not want to spend their bitcoin because there's capital gains on it and so on in the uk so maybe people can walk into a shop use the the lightning card make the payment and when they make that payment it effectively takes a loan um a bitcoin backed loan because you hold bitcoin with us um, that you can make the payment with in effectively GBP, which then would avoid the capital gains tax hit by you spending, in theory, not your Bitcoin, but um, spending a, a Bitcoin back loan in some respect. Um, so there's all sorts of, I guess, financial products we're looking to introduce and bring in um, as time goes on there, focused, again, heavily around Lightning. Um, so yeah, definitely becoming a Lightning company, I think, for, for the most part. All right, hang on. We can't skip over Bitcoin-backed loans. So you have a banking license now? Is that what you've been working on? We have a... Um, I forgot what the, the actual terminology is of the license. Uh, so it's, it's effectively like money lenders license uh, here in the Alamance. So we've got the approval for that. Um, when did that come in? Um, that was... I think we got the approval about a month and a half ago, maybe. It was just... It was in the middle of the, the coin floor uh, chaos yes. time period. So... <laughs> Uh, we haven't revisited still. Uh, so we got approved for the Alamance. So um, we need to move on that now. We are still uh, working with the UK FCA in terms of trying to um, look for uh, more clarity there around uh, loan products as well, because um, it differs slightly to the Alamance. Um, so we'll be going through them, them headaches and them hurdles at some point as well. So is the idea that plebs would be able to place Bitcoin we're with coin corner and earn interest back on it or take a fiat loan like what take, what's take a fiat loan yeah right okay yeah, yeah. so that'd be like when you it, what we're touching on with the card if you've got a you've got you know 100,000 pounds worth of bitcoin with us and you go and spend a shop with the card rather than spend your bitcoin and mm -hmm. and hit a, a capital gains tax threshold you would be able to then um, effectively take a loan of gbp mm -hmm. from us and make that payment uh, and people are taking like the Bitcoin back loans you've seen on BlockFi and the likes. 
Um, so at what point does that capital gains tax like kick in? Like if I if I bought like a, a lunch with the family or something on the card, it, it, would I be expected to pay capital gains tax on like? There's um, <laughs> if you're in the Alaman, no, because there's zero percent. <laughs> right, so, but <laughs> the UK has uh, they've got the thresholds. I think it's a I'm trying to think back. Is it ten thousand around ten thousand pounds capital gains threshold? So mm. anything after ten thousand pounds, you would then have to start paying twenty uh, percent. I think it is up to a certain amount, and then I think is it forty percent after a threshold again. Um, so you can end up depending on what you're doing and what you're spending. You can end up with a um, quite a hefty capital gains tax bill if you're just generally spending on food and things like that. Then you're probably never going to hit that ten thousand pound threshold um, for your spending. So you'd probably be okay. Um, it's if people, I guess, want to cash out slightly more, uh, which is where the back, Bitcoin back loans come in, I guess. Mm. And you don't want are to sell you, your Bitcoin. Are you going to have some plebs come in, play some Bitcoin with you, take a £100,000 loan, and then just ape into Bitcoin on the coin corner with that? <laughs> <laughs> Possibly. Um, that's something that I guess, uh, yeah, we, we have to mitigate them risks. Um, some part, <laughs> it's their money at the end of the day, and they can, I guess, do what they want with it, and they're good for the money in the most respect there that they have the bitcoin with us sat there so uh, and it's a 50 percent ltv so um they they have well, they're more than capable of paying it back um but yeah it's they're, they're the uh, the hurdles and headaches will be jumping over uh, in the coming months and again not investment advice i do not ever advise anybody to do that just keep buying every week whenever you can nice and steady don't overthink it bitcoin's got you yep I'm saying no investment advice. Exactly. Just echo your, your comments. DCA, keep it simple. <laughs> way to do it. All right. Do you have any other big announcements to make? Uh, or, or you got to keep something secret? What, what's, what's brewing? Um, nothing, nothing else major I would say at the minute we've got, um, a, Mainly the, I guess, mainly the Lightning NFC stuff and the Lightning products that we're looking to do. Um, there's potential that we may be having something similar for um, interest accounts, which is what we're working on as well. Um, but that's uh, slightly different to the BlockFi angle. Um, we want to make it more um, Bitcoin-centric and Bitcoin-focused um, and also don't want to loan your Bitcoin out to people. So working on something there with that, uh, which will be interesting. Um and as a product that I briefly spoke to yourself about again, um, which uh, before the call, before the, the conversation today, uh, that we'll be working with yourself on to maybe uh, trial something out, which again is another lightning based product, but um, for services like yourself. Um, so a willing guinea services. pig, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I hope you have the patience. <laughs> it'll be, it'll, fingers crossed, it will all be nice and smooth. We'll make it nice and smooth for anybody to be able to use, hopefully, for that. So it'll be fine. We'll be good. Um, this, so isn't your, this isn't modeling your new um, underwear range, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> How did you guess? <laughs> <laughs> It's too late. You've, you've signed up now. <laughs> you're bringing you're bringing pants into the uh, in, into like I think that was uh, discussed on our first call. When pants? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think that's been bounced around the office a few times. But no, that that's well, not happening like, anytime. It, I was going to say like most of the other podcasters seem to be going shirtless in all their pods. I, I, I don't know what that's all about. So yeah, um, no. you know, yeah, a, a lightning experiment is is more than um, 
more than welcomed. Uh, I need to yeah. up my knowledge and uh, more exposure. Got the node running and everything else, and open in the channels. But uh, like everything, these these things take a little while to get your head around because it is a complete, it's a total one eighty on anything we've ever known. Mm-hmm. And growing up in the legacy financial system, as I did my whole career, it still takes a lot of pulling on these threads and understanding like you, you, you having your mind shifted completely again. Um, mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's, um, it's amazing. It's, it's a, it's a great, a great space to be a part of. Yeah. It's, it's hard completely again, echo your comments. It's so hard to keep up with this industry and the, the speed that it moves at and learning everything. It's just incredibly difficult. It's, it's a technology driven industry and, if you're not like I am a techie by trade and, you know, it's difficult for me to keep up with um, how things work and, and what's going on. And it's very, very difficult. Uh, and that's what we are trying to do from coin corner side as well of bringing, bringing these pieces of technology into the real world and real world use cases that you use in your everyday life, rather than um, mm-hmm. what we're seeing with NFTs and, um, and DeFi and harvesting and all these sort of things where, um, okay, people are making money on some of these things. People are losing a lot of money as well, not to forget. Um, but they're not, you know, you don't use a JPEG in everyday life for, I don't even know why people are buying these JPEGs at the minute. It's beyond me, uh, except for for money laundering and uh, gambling, I think is, is the two use cases there at the minute. Um, so we're looking to, yeah, bring this technology from Bitcoin, from Lightning, from many other layer twos that we're, we're seeing and effectively bring that into everybody, everybody's everyday life. Um, I guess is our long-term. So this, this could be like the strike offering for, for Europe at the moment right now, um, because, you know, to, to, to make it clear again, coin corner are across Europe. It's not just a UK based company, right? You you can accept euros. And if Euro plebs sign up, they get, um, the, the affiliate link as well, and they can get the 10 euros after, uh, spending a hundred euros, et cetera. Right. Yep. Yep. Exactly that. Yeah. So that like the, what you're working on then is a direct you know, it's exactly pretty much what Jack's doing over at uh, at Strike. Um, this this annihilates the foreign exchange market. It's over. It's completely over. Like, what's the point? If you can directly, if you can go Lightning to Sterling, if I've got a Coin Corner account and I can go Sterling into Lightning and back into Sterling at point of sale, like, I, I, yeah, Bitcoin on the Lightning network. You know, I don't want to confuse people. Lightning's not another token it's still using Bitcoin. That's another thing yeah. I think people might get confused <laughs> yeah. with. Uh, we, we are still talking about Bitcoin when we're talking about Lightning. We're just talking about the network that it's uh, being um, exchanged on and, and yeah. moved across. Yeah, completely. It disrupts everything. I think what we saw with Jack with Strike, um, moving money from uh, from a remittance angle from the US to El Salvador. And that was the, the big push and showing how you can move that money from US dollar bank account straight into lightning straight across to El Salvador uh, and out in cash at an ATM in El Salvador. Um, and yeah, you can do that exactly. You can do that from your strike app in the U S and send it across to a coin corner customer who can then flip it to Euro or GBP instantly. Um, so yeah, or UK merchant, uh, sorry, a coin corner merchant. Um, so because yeah, lightning is this interoperable system that we don't even have to talk to strike, but we can interact with the lightning layer that they interact with and uh, capable of, um, passing money around the world without needing to communicate with each other's companies. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's disrupting, it's disrupting the industry. It's disrupting the world. Um, it disrupts the visa network for point of sale devices with these things, you know, visas spending billions every year, keeping their infrastructure up and running. 
um, we can do this free on Lightning, um, which is out there running. And you can do it on stickers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> and a twenty, a 20 pound sticker that we have. It's you know, it's it, able it doesn't, to, it's it doesn't incredible. disrupt the industry. It, it obsoletes it. Yeah, it does. I think that's that's going to be uh, a bit of an eye opener for them, and I think that's where they Visa, the Mastercards, and that they're going to have to pivot to to this effectively. Um, there's no need for them to be in their centralized system. Um, maybe regulatory reasons, I'm sure they'll try and push on. Um, but the rest of the world, you know, people will build on the open system um, and that'll be where the innovation is driven and what's created on it. The more people that build on this open system, the better it will get and the more creative ideas and innovations we'll get from the back of it. Um, so definitely watch this space on Lightning, payments, NFC, um, remittance, everything around that. It's disrupting finance as we know it, I think. Yeah, 100%, mate. All right, let's wrap it up. But if any of the plebs listening um, want to reach out and help you with uh, with what's going on with uh, your Lightning projects or they're having some brain epiphanies and they know a product that they might be able to help you with um, and obviously get in touch if they're, they're interested in coming across and checking out the Isle of Man and, and uh, applying for one of those roles, uh, how should they get in touch with you? What's the, what's the best route? Uh, Twitter, probably the best. Um, so jump on that, either the Coin Corner handle or Coin Corner Danny um, or any of the team, Coin Corner X, Y, and Z. Uh, lots of the team on there. So uh, jump on, always respond um, when I can. <laughs> if I don't respond to anybody within a day or so, just give me time. I will eventually. Um, it becomes a very busy period. Love it, mate. And, and uh, you know, a, a thank you for me for, you know, uh, taking uh, taking over the baton from, from Obi and um, keeping up the support of the show. Really appreciate that. It's, uh, thank you. it's been great to get to know you over the last uh, 18 months or so since since doing this um, podcast and, and having you on the third time now. So yeah. really appreciate that. Uh, Orange Pill, mate, you've only got one left. Who are you going to give it to? <laughs> um Oh, if I give it to in the past, was it Bill Gates was one, um, which was a, a controversial one, I think, wasn't it? Yep. Um, I can't remember the second one was now. Thank you for having me on for three times. Thank you for, yeah. for, for letting me bore you three times. Um, last one. Um, I should have thought about this question, shouldn't I, before I came on? Um, tough one. Uh, I think I'm going to go with someone... You know what? I'm not. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go traditional. I'm gonna go completely left field. I was gonna go more like celebrity esque and trying to pull people in, and even the Peter Schiff and things like that. I just think they're a little bit of a waste of time. Uh, I think one of the ones would be um, my dad, um, who has obviously seen myself in this industry for so many years, and um, still doesn't believe. Still, he, <laughs> he, he doesn't not believe. I think he just is so um setting his ways i guess and the way he was brought up and and you know pensions and the finance sort of side of things and the way that is um it's just what they're taught from the young age and the way they are um, and he understands it but he still sees it as risky so if i could um drop him an orange pill and he would just get it the next day then uh, that would be worthwhile uh to see and certainly experiment and see how that that flips and changes uh his his lifestyle and um his thinking of the world 
drop it in his uh, eggnog at Christmas, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's the, that's the way to do it. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I know exactly what you mean. I know exactly what you mean as well. It's um, yeah, it's it's a tough one. Um, I don't know what it's going to take, if anything, to to help. Um, you know that that generation, especially. You know, there's there's nothing riskier than fiat, hmm. right? That that's the biggest risk you hold is the fiat currency. It's depreciating every single day yeah. in front of your eyes. It's it's the it's the one thing you can guarantee that the value of it is going to go down over time. It's it's the way it's built and it's the way they drive it, uh, and the governments, central banks drive it that way. It's it's built to do that uh, in some respect. So that's a guarantee. The value will decrease over time uh, or the spending power of it will decrease over time we talk about like the bitcoin blockchain working perfectly their system is working perfectly as well yeah, yeah exactly it was yeah, engineered yes. to do that exact <laughs> okay. thing so we can't complain maybe yeah <laughs> you know they, yeah. they are it's working perfectly absolutely perfect it's it's taking value away from from those people that actually go out and work for it and lining their own pockets with it. It's, it's a mental system. I don't know how yeah. they've got away with it. No. I, it's incredible. I, talking to economists and things like that, and they, they just, that's just the way we had a, a graduate economist um, in here doing an internship and just talking to him, talking to him about and the way he was taught and the, what he was like uh, learning. I think he said, uh, I spoke to him a couple of weeks back and he mentioned something about how um, he was never taught at university about how to handle inflation above 2%, I think it was, because they always expected inflation to be below 2%. So right now, the world we're living in, there is in the UK, uh, we're near 6%, I think, this year is what they're, what they're classing as inflation as well, which is probably mm -hmm. not the true inflation nope. um, value, but they're classing that at, say, 6%. And he was never taught at university how to deal with a system that operates at 6% inflation. Um, so these people coming out of universities and then coming into the real world, they're not being taught how to continue a system that operates in the way it does. Um, they are just going along with it for the most part and what they get taught, they believe and off they go and, uh, they're coming in uneducated in that respect, I guess he's educated to a level there, but not past the, the 2% inflation that they thought it never passed, which I don't get the, the thinking of that at all. It's past 2% many times in the past, which makes no sense. Um, but apparently that was what he was taught at university. Um, so it's, it's just crazy. It's absolutely crazy. Mm. Yeah. Another, another sector that is obsolete, the education sector. <laughs> yeah. Just shocking. Yeah. Yeah. It's an incredibly, um, yeah, a, a different topic for a different day, maybe, but with that is, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. It's, it's really, um, it feels like it's getting worse and worse the faster the world moves and changes. They cannot keep up with the new um, new and changing world, I guess, uh, whether that be technology, whether it be economy and finance, or, or I'm sure other industries have the same issues as well. Uh, they just can't keep up with it. And the, the graduates and um, university students coming out are redundant in their skill set before they even begin work, uh, I think, for the most part. And it's certainly the case I've been seeing. And burdened with debt in many, many yeah. situations. Yep. Certainly are. <clears throat> Shocking, mate. All right, Dan. Well, it's yep. been a great rip. Really appreciate you coming on, mate. Um, have a great, uh, have a great week ahead and uh, look forward to um, actually meeting in one, one of these uh, conferences one day. 
Yeah, hopefully. Thank you very much, Dan. Appreciate the time. And uh, third time, as I mentioned, thank you very much for pointing up with me. <laughs> All right, mate. Take care. Cheers, Dan. See, See you. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for listening. And thanks, as always, to this week's guest Danny Scott for coming on giving up his time going through all of that acquisition business with CoinFloor it's great to get a look from behind the scenes and understand exactly what was going on and how it was going down Uh, they're running a great business make sure you go and check them out and if you want to get hold of Danny if you've got an idea about this NFC lightning uh, kind of route that these guys are taking it looks really cool the stuff that they're uh, they're up to there's probably some plebs out there with some ideas just reach out get in his dms uh these guys are very very approachable and they're looking to build the next best thing and everybody is here to make a difference in this space that's what i love about it so much so don't be shy reach out to danny or molly anyone on coin corners team you can find them on twitter they're all very active and they're all very approachable great bunch of guys uh, now, before I sign off, do you want to go to the conference? Of course you do. Miami, 6th and 9th of April, 2022. It does look as though for those of us outside of the US who are not opting for the vaccine, we might be locked out still come that time. But the tickets are fully refundable if you are unable to travel or there is a very active after sales market. You can save yourself 10% on the ticket by using the code bitten at checkout hit the link in the show notes if you want to learn more about bitcoin reserve the link is in the show notes that's bitcoinreserve.com forward slash ref forward slash bitten and of course the usual show sponsors relay.ch forward slash bitten dca across europe swanbitcoin.com forward slash bitten in the us of a take control of your coins get yourself a hardware wallet That's BitBox02 from shiftcrypto.ch forward slash bitten. Catch you on the next show, guys.